long as we've known each other, I still can't figure out why you're not busting heads somewhere. Been there, done that, dollface. Again with the dollface. You know it's the 21st century, right? I swear you were born in the wrong time. You're like some kind of muck-raking wise guy. Watch your mouth. I'm always telling her to watch her mouth. She never listens. Part of the charm, I suppose. She's always telling me how outdated my brand is. Like if I'm not careful, the world is going to pass me by. Seriously, you won't even set up voicemail on your cell phone, and the only reason you even carry one is because the paper makes you. God knows if the day will ever come when I see you on the Internet. Enter what? Never mind. It's a changing world. Funny I should be changing with it, but Tracy's right. My mind is stuck in a time when feet pounded pavement and pages spooled from a typewriter. Maybe it's my heritage. I come from a long line of whistleblowers. Why should I be any different? I make an attempt to pay for her, but she's having none of it. This ain't no date, she says, and muscles the ticket out of my hand. A light dusting of small talk powders our time at the crow's nest before we pay our tabs and hit the streets. Then it's on to matters of business, and the business that's been keeping me up at night is murder. Particularly, a lost soul named Frankie Donovan. Frankie was a two-strike loser, working on number three. He'd been in and out of state custody since he was 13. Not the kind of bird I'd think twice about if he should encounter a couple of broken wings. Sympathy for the devil has never been one of my strong suits. But no man walks the earth without bringing at least some value to it. Sometimes it comes in the form of personal redemption. Other times it's the things he leaves behind. Such is the case with Frankie. God, kids can be forgiving. Crammed into a hovel with a deadbeat dad and an indifferent sandy blonde they called Mom. It was a wonder the quartet of Donovan children ever got a hot meal, much less any time to feel like children. Between Daddy's drug associates and Mom's meth habit, the only relief for Billy, Courtney, Alex, and Roger were the few times per week they got to school. The younger kids showed up a lot more. Billy made sure of it. As the eldest by seven years, he had a little of that nurturing parent in him that the real deal seemed to be missing. He wanted the other kids to have better opportunities, make the most out of their education. But when it came to his own, all he wanted was to hang out in the streets and smoke dope. It was on one of these little holidays that Billy and a friend got caught, arrested, and sent to juvenile detention for an overnight stay. The experience stayed with him, both in the way he had abandoned his siblings and in the way Daddy marked up his face afterward. It was the only proof he could ever inspire a sense of passion in his old man, but it was also the last thing a child wants to get from his father, especially when dear old Dad was known to get tangled up in much worse. The relationship festered, and bruises became the norm. I never suspected at the time what was going on, just that Billy stayed in trouble at school. His fighting had become somewhat of a chronic problem, and from the looks of things, he wasn't very good at it. I didn't know at the time that the fights he was picking weren't occurring at school. In fact, he wasn't starting them at all. The truth came to me about one week ago tonight. Frankie was walking back to his hovel after a trip to the grocery store for a pack of cigarettes and a loaf of bread. Evening, ma'am, he said to an elderly woman on the street. Not the kind of detail that seems noteworthy unless you've seen 80 birthdays in the same area of Chicago, and the most exciting thing in your life is a Tuesday night knitting club with the women of Southside Baptist. Then, being the last person to speak to a murder victim alive shortly before someone punches three nickel-sized holes in his face becomes a big deal. Frankie turned the corner and walked down to the end of the block where a ratty tenement awaited him. 
He marched up the stairs to his third-floor apartment, closed the door behind him, and somewhere between the entryway and the kitchen took three bullets to the head. Police arrived to see all the kids standing on the street corner. No tears, the reporter said. A true testimony to the parenting skills of one Frankie Donovan, no doubt. Mom stayed gone for days. There would be three more before anyone could find her to deliver the news. In another year, maybe she would realize it. Standing out there with them was Big Brother Billy. They clung to him like heat to a flame. He was a rock, their strength, their protector, their father. Such a young age to be left responsible for three children, especially when you aren't in any position to make the calls for yourself. But that was his hand, and he played it well. What he didn't do so well was lie. Sure, he tried it. Told the police a man had busted in and shot dear old dad while he was cooking dinner. Said the man wore a mask. Told him not to say a word unless he wanted the same treatment.